Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello. We made it through another week. Woo-hoo. Yes. Do you know what's funny? Well, now yes. that I remember, it's kind of irrelevant. Because you said... <laughs> You could turn us off now, actually, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you know how you said another week? You know what I always forget to do? I always forget to highlight, like, a special number of podcast episodes we've done. You know what I mean? Like, when we've done 100 or 200 or, like, 250. We're not at 250 yet. But, like, now it sounds dumb. Like, we're at 233. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I feel like... <laughs> I'll throw it out there because there's a really good chance that when we hit 300 or even 250, I will not remember. Um, hopefully we do. I will try to remember <laughs> as well. And then we can have like a cake or a cheers or something. Yes. And I'll stuff it through my headphones for you. I hope oh, that you can have it. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be so good. Oh my gosh. Look at that. We just created a crafty segue. We talked about celebrations. We talked about cake. And that leads us right into Willow and postponing her wedding because she's maybe dying. So it's the same. <laughs> she talked, her whole role this week was about celebrating life, taking yes. life by the horns and living yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you. So they've made a decision. They're postponing the wedding until after the surgery. What does that mean? Like, what does this mean? <laughs> like, because, like, <laughs> because, like, we, we know the story, right? We're like, oh, my gosh, yes. oh, my gosh, she's a donor. We're like, oh, let it be Liesl. It'll be the best. And then it's like, oh, it's Liesl. And then they're going to throw in another roadblock. And part of me is like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, what's, like, you know, do you see this working, not working? Like, I feel like she's going to live. Like, how do you see this? Okay, so there's a few confusing things that I keep going okay. back and forth on. I feel like she's going to live because this extension of time is for her to kind of solidify this bond with Obrick. Like it started and ah. I do feel it's going to continue after she lives, but this is like the crucial, like, you know, when you're on vacation and it like speeds up that relationship. If you just started dating and you went on vacation, you're oh, like, no, that makes a lot of sense because if she got an Insta surgery, mm-hmm. yeah, I could see that there's a lot of less, you know, you, you've got the surgery. They're both going to be recovering. You know what I mean? Like, the relationship would be built afterwards, probably slowly, but this is totally different if they bond a lot more before. Exactly. It's pushing it oh. forward. Like, that's, okay, so that was one part of it. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. But then I noticed, there's a tiny, tiny little part of me. I noticed that where she was sitting on the couch, Willow, on yeah. that little side table, there's a picture of Lila. I have never noticed that picture there before. Uh-huh. So, again, my brain is like, so does this mean it's the passing of the torch where Willow is really going to be that quarter main figure, that person in the family, that Lila of the family, that peacekeeper? Or does it mean she will join her? I was going back and forth. Um, I want to go with, I like the first one where, like, she's not dying. <laughs> That's, I, I, my gut is leaning toward something I prefer. <laughs> so- same, same. I'm just laying it all out there. All no. my theories, all my ideas. 
No, but like I get it though, right? She's a Lila. Like I know right now, like in Ed's Edwards, Edwards, what's his name? <laughs> Your friend. And Ned. <laughs> Ned's mind, you know, like he's the Edward of the family. Like right now, we have like Ned and Olivia as sort of like head of the family. Um, yes. But I remember, like I remember, like the first time Michael had proposed to Willow, there was definitely like a. Lila Edward vibe. So I feel like those two couples are like pivotal couples. Oh, is that what it is? Like you have like, because you know, in in the mm-hmm. quarter main house, you did have generational couples. You had like um Edward and Lila, but you also had, you know, like Monica and Alan. So I feel yes. like those two are definitely those pivotal couples. I think it's really cool looking at it that way because we keep talking about air quote teens who are young adults now, like the whole Joss Cam. Trina yeah. Spencer transition into adulthood, but we also have that in between generation, like middle like age. Willow. <laughs> God, if they're middle age, what are we? Dinosaurs? <laughs> uh, but it's really cool. I can totally see that in that way. So our combined theories are fantastic. Yes, and also Jews her daddy. Oh my God! What yeah. a sweet, tender moment. One of my favorite words that I never heard before. Funkel. How cute. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, because you said that she was solidifying uh, Liesl, and she she has, right? She keeps saying, my Aunt Liesl. Yes. I think that's nice for her, actually. Like, come to think of it, it must be nice for her to use that. Because she hasn't had, like, family right? of her own. So I can see, oh, wow. Yeah, I could see her growing really attached to Liesl and to kind of have like a separate family but it's also solidifying her her family with Michael right like acknowledging that not having any family growing up makes her value Michael's which makes a ton of sense so now she's solidifying the relationship with Drew relationship with Carly as her mom so yeah Mm -hmm. like there's definitely that kind of thing going on and I mean like it really looks like I don't know if they're gearing up for it to be that much more of a slap in the face to Nina essentially I would say so because like yeah. even, look at the expansion like even though she's been living with Brooklyn and knows Brooklyn I felt like there was very much like a sister bond in that moment so you see Willow like she has like her sister Sasha she has like her sister Brooklyn yeah and then she has her extended friendships that she will have eventually you know we still talked about you know when is that introduction or conversation going to happen with like Maxie and their yeah. so there's a lot to come but Wow, she's definitely extending her DNA and non-DNA family. So speaking of Brooklyn, she... (laughs) (laughs) So many things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But first, before she makes it about herself, she does talk (laughs) to, to Michael a little bit, you know, checking on him. I didn't know how I felt initially with this question, but ultimately it was received well. Um, and we, so she asked Michael, do you think that given the situation, something about like, would it be good for Willow to reconcile with Nina? <sighs> yeah, that was yeah. my reaction too. And yes, then I think they might've even went to commercial. But yes. It's just like, okay. So she asked the question and before Michael could even respond, I guess I had an issue with, um. I had an issue with the way that was framed and how it came off. Um, like the idea, would, does she want to reconcile with Nina as if they had a relationship and then there was a rift? Kind of like yes. Sunny. Like I feel like it's an appropriate word to use with Sunny and Michael. 
are they going to reconcile? But there was no prior relationship. And honestly, this is what I mean. The difference between what looks good on paper versus reality. And something that no one seems to be acknowledging is sort of understanding that Willow does understand. When she spoke to Liesl, she made it very clear. I've had, like, I'm an idea. I'm not really a person. Yes. And with limited time, like if she had all the time in the world, yeah, I can see naturally how she'd be more inclined to interact with Nina, right? More inclined Mm -hmm. to give her chances, be cautious. And I could see that like push pull going on for years, but let's just say in your mind, you think you're dying based on what Willow has said, how she understands Nina, because Mm -hmm. Willow sees her for exactly who she is. She understands the situation. Take Nina out of the equation Willow has a mom journey, like aside from Nina, right? Like Nina's been wanting to find her daughter, but like Willow's had a different journey with her mom, you know, never really fully being satisfied with Harmony, finding some kind of peace and then having that blown up to bits um, at the end when she died. Then it was realizing her, she had another mom out there. You know, like she finds out it's Nina, but she already kind of made peace with this mom role. Carly kind of has it already. So I'm just saying, like, aside, if we take Nina out for a second, Nina and her feelings, Willow has, like, separate issues that she's kind of worked out. Yes. But on paper, everyone's like, shouldn't she make peace with who her biological mom is? That's her mom. It's a mom and a daughter. Shouldn't we do this? And it's just everyone else's opinion. And I just feel like, I guess for us, because we get to see all the perspectives and we see Willow's understand it, that hearing that is just so annoying because I'm like, but why though? Like, it's not even a question in Willow's mind. Like it's, it's already been decided, but here is Brooklyn asking this question. And then it turned out that Michael said he actually wondered the same. That was even more surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of shocked about it, but I can understand why his mind is going there. Like he's Willow keeps things close to the sleeve at times, especially in the beginning. And then she opened up more. To the what did I say? To the <laughs> you know, I I should know. By I know, I, I cut know. Them out all the time, but it, it just one slid right you, in. You, yeah, you you need to use a metaphor. You need to use an expression. <laughs> Wrong, We're not, not even. <laughs> I am terrible at that. So what I was trying to say is basically like I think Michael's just running through the list. I don't think there was any like real weight to what he was saying. It was just like a moment in time. Yeah, because I feel like Willow is relatively solid, given what she's facing. Yes. like That's what I mean. This is heavy. You know, death is heavy. Having a limited time is... <laughs> so many T's in my said limited, okay? Um, I believe there's one T, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a good speller. Um, <laughs> that's why we podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm... Anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> I just feel that Willow is solid, right? She's thought about how she wants to spend her time and it's solid. So when I heard Michael say that, I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, what's up? What's up? Like, what is it that she's showing that that makes you feel like to, to question her? You know what I mean? Because, yeah, she might be scared, but I feel like she's facing things. And I feel like everyone else is a little bit more anxious, right? Because they might lose her. And it's just different, right? It's different. It's a different scenario that Willow's living, but it's also a different scenario for everyone around her. Just worrying and just wanting to make sure everything is okay. Yes. And I think that Michael and Brooklyn, they're having like two separate conversations. And ah, in a sense that Michael may have thought that, but way in the beginning, Brooklyn is thinking that in the present. Like Brooklyn is very untethered from not only their lives, 
but her own life and what's going on. Um, she's kind of a little bit all over the place, unfortunately, and I'm not sure what the journey is for her character right now. Um, and he's laying his heart out. Like he's, hmm. he literally hasn't talked to anybody. So I feel like he was giving all of the brain thoughts from the very beginning. Okay. And, and yeah. Brooklyn just kind of took it and ran with it and kind of interrupted his moment, which I didn't like because she took what he said and then ran with it. And then it went from Nina to Sunny. And I was just so sad for Michael that like, he thought he had a moment and then he had to be strong again and, you know, be that particular person that answers a certain way and be like that guy. And I just, I was sad for him. Okay. I can really, really see it from that perspective now. And I I think I'm going to have to agree with that, that she is a little bit disconnected from things because she has a different relationship with Nina, right? Nina supported her when she was hiding Maxie's baby. She has a different relationship with Sunny. And I just find that Brooklyn can't understand how and why her relationship with Sunny is different than, than Michael's and mm-hmm. why it's easier, you know? Yeah. Like, she has a dad. It was so complicated. Yet everything with Sunny and Michael is, I feel, a thousand times more complicated. I think on paper it should be real easy to understand the conflict, whether or not you like it. Yes. So I do find it a bit strange. Like, I mean, while Michael received the question well, I just felt like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you asking that and why are you bringing Nina up Um, and also like him he spoke back to her and said well like at least you see him that way or something about like Sunny I know it's just like why you can just like hug him let him talk and just be that person for him yeah and I mean look I think Willow appreciates this but this is the second time that Willow is with Brooklyn and Brooklyn starts talking about Chase (laughs) it's so cute though I love her little glimmer in her eye that willow gets when she just kind of she reminded me so much in the scene with uh brooklyn and then separately with chase being like a little olivia yes right like just poking her yes. nose in, doing her magic saying the thing that nobody wants to say but she'll say it just to poke fun oh my gosh i really like that you know she's really learning a thing or two i really love that the court i mean house is full and how they're all kind of influencing each other yeah. um but yeah, no, I liked that. And it was honestly, for me, I was like, damn, they finally made the deathbed wedding connection. That I she's actually know. thinking about it. That <laughs> This is not a situation in which you think you're going to be on the other end of ever. Right? Ever. Like she ends up marrying Chase. She didn't think he'd survive. It's a normal thing to do to be like, sure, I'll marry you. You're dying. I don't really have to kind of live with this. And then he survived. And now it's like, oh, I get it. I get it. Because like now I'm on my deathbed. And I don't want to be lied to. It was just such a bizarre only in Port Charles conversation. Right? And look, I'll be honest, I've had enough of like Brooklyn. Like I love oh, her. Yes. Um, but I can't take any more of the like dramatic face and the the angst between them, like, like talking, like <sighs> Willow speaks to Chase, gets through to Chase. Doesn't take yeah. all that long, right? There's no mm-hmm. insecurities there. Runs immediately to Brooklyn. He goes in, soups direct, and Brooklyn's like, "No, you don't know what you're saying. You've just visited with Willow." It's like, what? That is like way too much interpretation, putting way too many words in his mouth, assuming that Chase doesn't like he's not capable of deciding that he's into you or not into you. But also like, what is the hope for these guys? Like, 
I like that Willow pointed out, like, okay, so she made some mistakes. That's who she is. Like, is it worth being right or being happy? Yes. I, like I get that, that part. Mm-hmm. But then, like, we all know there's one more lie <laughs> over Brooklyn's head. You know? And she did the jingles, but he stayed on. But the only reason he stayed on was to take Link down, which she knew wasn't entirely possible. Yes. She's not in charge of Chase's decisions that he did decide to do that but my gosh like it's just so bad and like it went from like bad to worse in a split second and I guess to your question earlier why what's her journey (laughs) it's obviously not learning how to not lie right okay the only way I salvage my liking of Brooklyn's character at this point in time is that she is representative of old school soaps. Like it's a nod to, in the 60 years, the the drama, the little minute little things that you know is, you know, wrong, but you're going to do it anyways. You're still going to do these big gestures. Like I'm hoping it's on purpose, this very like big Brooklyn drama and not knowing her direction is like an, a nod to something because if it's just, we don't know what to do with her, I'm sad. <laughs> Like, because the thing is, the way that the story is going, mm-hmm. obviously, they're they're still writing them together. Like, that's clear. You know what I mean? There's a Brooklyn Chase thing still going on. It's just, it could have also been enjoyable if they were together. Right? And there was conflict here and there. I'm just saying. But this is ridiculous. And, I mean, like, he admits to being in love with her. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to push him to blaze. Oh yes. Or if this and or if this is just gonna be a really sad situation where nothing really happens and then he comes back to her and then they're together. So we just wanted to make sure that they got together, broke up, got together, broke up, and then got together, broke up. And yeah, that's it. Like I just don't I don't know where this is going. I can't even picture them together anymore, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, like at this point, I mean, I was rooting for them, but now I just, I'm like, honestly, Brooklyn, like you've had a lot of chances and forget the chances. I'm just tired of the insecurity. Like this guy tells you he's into you and you would not stop talking him out of it. So if you can't love yourself, then you know what? Just let the guy go. Like, I'm, I'm really tired of this. Right? Like he's telling you how he feels. And I feel like no matter what, like forget the lies. I feel like no matter what Chase does. She's going to keep sabotaging it because she can't believe a guy like Chase with like a, a girl like her because she is so bad in air quotes in her eyes. And he's so good in air quotes. On top of it, he dated St. Willow and Brooklyn <laughs> knows she's no Willow. So I feel like there's a lot of that going on, too. Yes, I totally agree. and I'm, I'm very over it for the time being. Yeah. OK, so to another couple. So there was a cliffhanger. New week started. And Nina walks in on Sonny and Carly. <laughs> How was that for you? Okay, I legit thought she was going to lose her marbles because of what we saw last. You know, Carly's teary-eyed. Sonny's very serious. We know the conversation we're having. But it was more like, it felt almost cartoony. Okay. To me. Because she kind of walks in. She's assessing the situation. But she's still not, like, getting amped up. Yes, she wants to know what's going on, but I was just surprised at how, air quotes, well she kept it together. Okay, so... so Nina's version. Nina's version of keeping it together. <laughs> okay, so me. So me. Um, 
so because I was like, you know, checking for pictures, I had rewound it and something <laughs> funny I noticed okay. was that when she walks in, Sunny and Carly look at her, but yes. then they both turn away from her and yes. go back to looking at each other. So that was like, oh, all right. And then um, the other part to it is that the funniest thing is that Nina actually knew first what was going on. Like she actually knows <laughs> what's happening with yes. Sunny, right? And ultimately that's all Carly's finding out. She's finding out something that Nina already knows. It's just that Nina can't fully comprehend the information she already has so that's also <laughs> why I'm watching this being like you don't even know <laughs> you already know <laughs> so this is <laughs> so all she's doing is watching Carly react to the same news that she heard yes. so she heard the news and she's like what's she's trying to play the mob wife role you know when Sunny initially told her she's like why are there two security guards she knows why she knows yes. why but Carly, you know, it's it's a bit more serious. Everyone else, like, it's kind of like if you go, if you think about today, Jossie's is Sunny. I was about to say Jenny. <laughs> Joss is Sunny. That's what that is. And so she says, I know the drill. And I mean, that's what's being highlighted here, right? Nina does not know the drill. So then finally, he's like, um, like, Donna has to leave. She's like, why? And again, you know. You were the first to know it's the same reason that's continued from earlier all the way till now. Still the same situation. And what I thought was really funny is that he tells Nina, I'll tell you later, mm -hmm. let them go. Okay. Yes. So then Carly, so this is serious, right? She's yes. like, what's going on? And then he's like, okay, we'll just wait so for Carly to leave so that I can tell you the same thing I, I actually told you earlier. And so then Carly goes, Donna can hear. And then the moment she calls Donna, so remember, it's serious tone. Nina immediately goes, oh my gosh, Donna, there you are. And I was just so confused by this. <laughs> I was so confused. She has three adults. She's, it's so intense. He's like, I'll tell you later. Just let them go. She's like, okay, get it. I can't stay here. Then Carly calls Donna. And like, she doesn't allow Donna to go to Carly just to explain the situation. Immediately, Nina's just like, hey, how's it going, little one? As if she's on another planet. And then um, they have the talk. Like, you know, Nina gets to talk to, to Donna a little bit. Carly explains the situation. Donna takes it pretty well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they head out. Okay. And then Sunny has to sit Nina down and straight up is like, look, um, like with all the other kids, we need distance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I loved like the parts we're talking about. I absolutely, because we frame her a lot as like this teenage girl, this young kid. Yeah. Um, she has a certain persona. And for the first time, I felt like Sunny was like, his seriousness is face, and he kind of tilted his head. And in my like bubble of what he was thinking, it's like, oh my god, wow, you like really don't speak mob. No, and what was even funnier was just well, not funnier, but I think this was hard on Nina actually. Um, oh, how can I forget this part? 
her confusion when he tells her that Donna has to go. She goes, mm-hmm. if I'm not the reason, then why? I, I, like, I my I job. <laughs> my job. And then she still didn't get it. And then when uh, Carly was leaving with Donna. Yes. Like, because we haven't seen this kind of connectedness in a long time. But Carly is serious and firm in the way she says, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yes. And Nina watches all of this happen before <laughs> her eyes and she's still not computing. And and then I think at one point she tells Sunny and she calls herself a grown woman. <laughs> and then I was wondering, wow, this is amazing. Like she's announcing herself as a grown woman and soon mm-hmm. she might actually start acting like one if we just give it some time. Hang tight. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and all I kept thinking in this moment when I saw her, right? Because he's like, I love her. Like I love this Nina person. I do. Um, but I also can't be around you. Just like I can't be around Don and Avery right now. Okay. And we'll see where we land. I hope it's together. And I couldn't help but think about Sunny with Brenda. And I'm yes. talking Sunny with Brenda. Mm-hmm. when Brenda came back and they got married. Okay. okay. Because <laughs> he did such a terrible thing, Sonny, to be honest. Okay. So Brenda, when she suspected having a son or he found her son, rather than taking Brenda on a plane to go like pick up this child she's never met, he asked <laughs> Carly to come instead, knowing oh, yeah. full well that Brenda hates Carly. Yes. And when push comes to shove, he did sort of, you know, not hide his preference for Carly. Well, like I had, like he complimented Carly, right? Like, well, she's really good at this sort of thing. Yeah. Like he snapped. Um, and honestly, Jason did it one time too. Uh, the time when Robin died and Sam didn't want Carly to tell him and then he found out, he snapped at her and said, maybe Carly does know me best. And I can see a moment like that happening because now like the worlds are colliding and he has to prioritize the business. And when it comes to the business, it works in a really certain way. Everyone knows it, right? Everyone is like, like full drill protocol is being enforced for everyone. And I can see him because of this, this is more black and white than I would say the rest of all the stuff since he's gotten back. And when it comes to the mob, the rules are clear. So I can see him snapping at her in like Brenda fashion in a way, like how he did. Okay. So funny enough, we spoke about Brenda last week and we also spoke about, I brought up Lily and that yes, and he brought it up this week. And I said, you know what? The fact that he brought up the story, because I said, she's not going to follow these rules and regulations. She's going to want to see him. She's going to get in a car or get near a car and it will explode. So I'm kind of like, oh my God, is it really going to happen? But it's interesting. No, like I, I, you know, I think you're right because it follows the conversation she had with uh, Phyllis. You know, like how much of this can you tolerate? And it's kind of like she remembered her identity, right? She's she's a magazine owner, <laughs> and she runs a hotel, and like she kind of remembered that part of her. And she admits, up until this point, she's not technically dated a mobster. And even Sunny admitted as much to Dante. Yes, recognizing that they were able to kind of live an alternate reality that spilled over into poor Charles for like a really long time. Like he said, his mob life only kind of presented now. Yes. 
And it was so funny how Dante showed up. Like, I don't know. Like, I love how they made Dante's character, but it was really funny when he goes to, he goes just to check up on Sonny to be like, yeah, Rocco said Nina was upset. And he's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And Dante's like, you know what? None of my business. You know where to find me. And then he got yanked back into the situation. And I love how they made it explicit. Dante actually told Sonny Mike followed him home. I even waited. Like, we've talked about these conversations, what Dante represents, what he's mm-hmm. been longing for, um, how he had such a hard line before, and what that would look like now that he's built this different relationship with his father. Like, it was so interesting, the nuances, the joking, the allegedly, um, you know. Yes. Oh, my God. It was so lovely. And him opening up and basically saying, like, I'm so glad to have a normal human dad that has a mix of all of this. And I did also want to get to know that Mike guy because he sounded pretty cool. (laughs) See, this is, yeah, no, I totally hear you on that. And the thing is, um, Dante says something. He says that Mike prioritized family over business, unlike Sonny. Mm, mm, Not mm. fully (laughs) accurate. (laughs) So... It's just that as Mike, Sonny prioritizes neglected children and Nina. Right? Right? Because, like, Dante and Christina are not kids that he's raised. And on the other side of this, you have Joss and Michael. Right? And he was more present in their lives than he ever was for for Christina and Dante. And that kind of um, fracture... And Sonny's relationship with Michael created a huge opening for Christina and Dante. They're like, yeah, we'll accept Nina. We'll take whatever we can get. (laughs) New favorites, high five. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just just really interesting. And I don't blame Dante. He's getting a lot of what he's always wanted. But then I wondered this. Will Dante be mad if Michael accomplishes what he was never able to do? It's so blurry, right? Because it's like now Dante doesn't want all this bad stuff exactly. to happen to his dad. It's like a flip, a total flip. Yeah. I... So, so Joss was with Dex <laughs> and Michael bangs on the door um, for a guy who's supposed to have a secret relationship with right? Dex. He announces himself loudly <laughs> in the hallway. Oh, can I just get something off my chest before we start talking about Michael? 100%. Dante's like, I'm just going to head back down the hall. I'm like, you know what? You got to stop it. Because if you were really down the hall, the door would be where the window is. Because this is not the <laughs> configuration of the Jason Sunny apartments. And it's driving me nuts. We both know that corridor is an L shape with an elevator in the middle. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and the entrance Ooh. makes no sense. No sense. Okay. All right. So, okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Logistics corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So then I'm like wondering as Joss is like on the couch, I'm like, is she gonna figure it out? <laughs> like that was my question. <laughs> is she gonna is she gonna figure it out? And so so yeah, she did. So at this point I'm laughing because so many secrets are out, right? Like yes. like Lucy, Valentine, and so now Michael. So there's just a lot of loose secrets. 
And I mean, Michael was hilarious uh, finding out that Joss and Dex were together. Like, what did you think? It was one of my favorite scenes, and it's our commenter. I will have to find that person's name in a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't do my research, but, like, literally that full body eye roll, his, I can't believe this is actually happening. It's like, I told you to stay away from her. Like, him just computing, putting everything together, trying to figure out a timeline, the story coming to light, and he just is freaking out at every single point. It was hilarious. He's a funny he's like, dude. I but he is though. They always say that the like guy himself is funny. Also he's an actor and talented, so for sure funny. But I like when they add these comedic elements because one thing they definitely highlighted is the brother-sister relationship and really yes. making it strong. They're not like the like it it's kind of like a different version of the Ava Julian relationship. That's true. Less twisty, but, <laughs> but similar. Twisty. Right? I was not getting into that. But, like, I like when Michael's like, oh, my God, I should have seen this coming. And it's like, you know, he told Dex to stay away from her. He knows that Joss won't listen. But then he starts full on. Like, but Joss is bad at this. Right? Bad at this. Because immediately she tells Michael. Like, it's one thing. Okay, I'm sorry. There's just so many things that I'm saying. <laughs> starting to say and then not fully saying. So Dex tries to clarify with Michael. Like, we have a deal, but Joss is my personal life. And then Joss is mm. like, I know mm. everything. I know about the <laughs> man. I know about the whole deal. And I was just like, okay. So it's just like, at the first opportunity, Joss spills her guts. And she yes. really had, like, but I love him vibes. Like, she wasn't holding it together. Like, she's, like, I think Michael knows he's screwed. He's screwed he at totally this point. He does. He knows he has zero control, right? Because he knows Dex is not following orders. Joss won't listen. So now it's basically <laughs> chance as to whether this is going to work. Like Because the, the thing is, the only thing that him and Joss have in common right now is... Dex getting out of this and taking Sunny down. But I understand a bit more now, you know, like how much Michael didn't want her to know because, like, it was a fair question. He's like, Are you ready to deal with the wrath from Christina and Dante? Right? He knows how things have changed, he knows what the consequences are. And I just think it's so funny. It's a little bit like um, Carly early days, like a little old in the sense that. Yes, they're mature and they understand what's going on. Joss has lived her whole life, but I loved that moment that she really was like a teenager in that She moment. was. But do you know whose vibe she was giving off to me? Who? Lulu. Remember when Dante, oh like, word. got yes. Michael sent to prison and Lulu yes. just stood by Dante and the choice that he made and it was the right choice? I can see Joss in that situation with Dex because that's essentially what that decision would be and all of a sudden we have Dante on the other side of that I feel bad for Christina though because she was hurt by what Dante did like I loved I love rewatching those scenes because all the kids were there including the same actress playing Christina now being so hurt by what Dante did and like she'll she's still on the crappy end of everything oh my goodness okay okay but speaking of Christina though with Dex at Sunny's and with the potential of a fracture, I don't know. Because, frankly, I just don't know if Joss is really cut out for this. Like, I know she loves Dex a lot. But I got to wonder, like, at what point there's going to be room for Christina here. 
I think it's the same thing, and I'm almost sad to see Cam go because they just spark because they're in a different place right now. It's not about yeah. each other. They're building their confidence. They're in a different place. And we always said, like, this isn't a forever thing. We don't know if they're going to get back together down the line or what their journey is going to be to yeah, each other. Yeah, it's just a start, yeah. But when they look at each other and just joke around about things being awkward or just being friends, like, I'm like, if he stayed and she wasn't allowed to see Dex, that would get interesting. Cam was really hot this week when he told Dex to get his act together or else he no. would talk to Sonny. <laughs> he was. Like, he's capable of stepping up. But you know what? I don't think Cam would have had a chance because then he would he would be the shoulder to cry on as he watched Joss twist herself and knots over Dex. I think <sighs> it's best that he go and come back because then if Joss could appreciate him for what it, he is because Joss, like Cameron won't stand to be like treated that way oh gosh yeah you're right so i feel like the space will do joss some good to figure out like what she really wants and so i wanted to share this so knitting the blues had this theory okay about okay. dex so so she starts with something we mentioned last week when we said since when is sunny such a caretaker she said the fact that when spencer tells him that joss dumped cam so she could get with Dex and Sunny isn't surprised or even curious. So she says she stands by a guess that Dex was the target of that shooting thingy. That mm -hmm. it was set up so Sunny can get close to him and figure out what is going on. And as long as Dex is living with him, Sunny can keep Dex away from Joss. And she thinks Ooh. that the concierge doctor, in air quotes, was there to legitimize a fake dead body. Dex mm -hmm. never touched the dead body. Sunny air quotes killed him <laughs> and the sharpshooter barely hit him at that close range. She thinks that Sunny did all of this and this is maybe how Sunny, you know, doesn't get in, thrown in jail. I think it's really interesting because that means Sunny's actually back. Like his instincts are strong because he's been ignoring them for a really long time and I would almost be okay with that. But that's the thing though, if Sunny's back, there's not much room for somebody who can't accept all of him the business side oh 100 percent. that's what makes this so glorious like it's getting it's getting really interesting for sure yes another thing about joss that came up for me today is that mm -hmm. when she starts lecturing sunny about avery and donna being like it breaks my heart that avery and donna <laughs> also think this is normal but i honestly was thinking to myself like in all fairness joss chose Dex and his life and that path. Remember, Carly warned her. She chose yes. that before she knew Dex was playing Sunny. That's true. Very true. So I'm just like, I get it. Before you hated the life, but that kind of went out the window the moment that you chose Dex. Because when you chose to be with Dex, you had a long conversation with Carly about what that life entailed. And you said, I can't turn back now. So I feel like you are lying to yourself when you keep saying these things to Sunny. And at this point, I'm like, who are you even talking to? So I think that there really is a huge question mark about whether or not this life is for Joss. And I just do not think that it is. Oh, I definitely don't think it is. And especially when Dex is going to be like, I'm not ready to get out anymore. Or it's going to, the timeline is going to be extended or the yeah. Michael and... Dex will have a rift and Dex will want to continue to protect Sunny. Like, there's so many ways this can go awry. Oh, yeah. Like, I do not see Dex quitting, for no. one. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure this plan is going to get 
botched to kingdom come. Like that's not going to happen where there's an opportunity for Sonny to go to jail. I don't think so at all. Um, and I think that this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought that Cam, like, yes, he warned Dex not to hurt her, but I actually thought he was going to maybe, but I guess that would make sense down the line because right now in Dex's mind, this life with Sonny is temporary. Yes. But I feel like Dex could easily be persuaded, whether it be by Cameron down the line or even just watching Joss twist into knots, Mm -hmm. that he would leave her if he thought the life was too dangerous. That if it wasn't for her or if it like diminished her in any way or took away from her goals, I could see Dex kind of just putting a stop to it, like not pulling her in further once he's made the decision to commit. I could see him doing that. It's going to get interesting real fast and messy. Do you know what? It's funny is that I could see, because there was a a conversation a long time ago between Elizabeth and Carly about, she was Mm -hmm. like, I'm so like, you did an amazing job with Joss. And that's when we got into a little bit of her trauma, her fear of having a daughter. We know why she had that fear and that, you know, Mm -hmm. she's so happy that like um, Joss is so strong. But when I talk to you about this deck storyline, I can see Joss her character playing a little bit of like Elizabeth's previous storylines and Carly's like a mix of the (gasps) two, which coincides with like a unifying thing between the Elizabeth and Carly character. Like, I kind of love that. You know what I mean? Like as much as Cameron is Elizabeth's son and we kind of could see him like on the outs of the mob, I also have said clearly that like the difference is Cam doesn't long to be in. He's kind Mm -hmm. of like, you don't want it? Fine. Like, he's different. He's more stable because of the life Elizabeth provided. But I can now see Joss living a little bit of Elizabeth's past. I find that. So it makes for so many interesting storylines and dynamics Mm -hmm. with her and her mom, with her potentially, you know, getting closer with Elizabeth to some extent for whatever reason. Like, wow. I love that. So speaking of Elizabeth, um... She had like that whole hearing thing um, at the hospital. And so now we're starting to talk about Epiphany a lot more. Yes. So obviously they're telling us that they're going to address it. And honestly, like I look forward to understanding. So far they're making it clear that she's out of town for school. She got into like a medical program. But now there's a little bit of a... a bit of a red flag. So now they're putting it out there that, like, she's unreachable. Yes. So that kind of, I don't know. It's sad, but, like, I do look forward to seeing how they're going to honor her. Um, meanwhile, everybody is coming in to, like, testify on Elizabeth's behalf. When, at the end, Terry came out to tell Finn what a great job he did advocating for Elizabeth, I frankly thought that she was coming out to tell him that he would be the new co-chief unless they're allowing oh. Terry to be full chief. That's sort of what I thought. Cause I didn't see why it, it was significant to go and tell Finn that the committee was um, impressed by him and why she had to go back into the committee and then come back out. Ooh, maybe it's some foreshadowing. Maybe he will be eventually. Yeah. But also I just thought, what's up with this committee? Because the guy comes out of his town <laughs> with Elizabeth and says, we believe. That you helped Nicholas so that you can provide medical care. And I'm like, <laughs> um, that's sort of factual, but sounds super weird. Right? I did and, not know what to make of that. And that, you know, she saved Esme's life. Like, she's made out to be 
a hero, which is so funny and interesting. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Victor kind of totally insulted Nicholas. Like, well, if Nicholas hadn't held her hostage, then she wouldn't have lost her memory and then she would be in jail right now. <laughs> uh, potato, tomato. <laughs> yes, precisely. Two, di- two different things. Completely. Exactly. Said side by side. <laughs> so. <laughs> So now Esme is settling in and Laura's and Trina walks in as if and is all like, oh my gosh, Spencer is with Esme and is ex, like the ex-girlfriend. I'm like, did you forget that Esme has no memory? Like, right? Did you forget that it's not the same? At all. <laughs> it was so weird to me, that scene, because they were definitely playing something up. Like Trina comes, she's not thrilled. And then at one point, like when they're out in the hallway, um, Esme, who supposedly hates Spencer so much so that she banned him from visiting her at jail, mm-hmm. and she's all like, "Oh, where's your brother, Ace? Why would you care?" Right? Like it's all very weird. I don't know what's happening. I felt like, and I don't think this is what's going to happen, but I like the shift and twist. There's so much weirdness, upside down world happening in Laura's apartment where. You know, is is Trina going to just have devious thoughts but not act on it? Because Esme obviously acted on hers back in the day. This whole yeah. like, other woman thing. Like, it's such a, I love this amnesia love triangle. Like, it's so weird. It really shook things up. It did. So the thing with Esme, though, is just, no. So the thing that I'm really loving is this unhinged version of Spencer. Like, it's, <laughs> like he, he's, like, yelling at her and caring for her through tea. I'm like, it, it's just, like, a weird, twisted, like, married couple. I hate you. You were my ex, but you don't remember that. And then when he, he's, like, she's, like, are you poisoning me? He's, like, no, kind of your thing. And it's just so weird dealing with the aftermath of their history. I think my favorite line is even funnier when they were at the prison and they told her, like, you know, we're dropping the charges, you can leave. And she's like, I'm not leaving. And then he just pipes in like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, prison is not a motel. You just can't ex- extend your stay. <laughs> it's so good. Like, And then Laura just giving him the looks to, like, bring him back down to earth. And he's, like, gritting his teeth and trying to say normal things. <laughs> Because he's making it worse. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's so unhinged. It's like she's trying to help, but now things are in a really weird place, right? Because I'm not liking, like, how far Spencer is going with this. You know what I mean? Because Laura's plan is not terrible. Let's all just try to get along. I genuinely am kind of, like, into this Esme. Why don't we all live together and develop good relationships and la-di-da we all live under the same roof (laughs) and spencer is hell bent on like assuming custody of the baby all to change his name and then telling victor i won't keep you from him and then later telling him like i need your help to get her i don't know how and then you have trina talking to her like it is what it is he's her grandpa 
Exactly. And they have the cutest relationship. And he basically made it clear family is just about connection. You and me were a duo. And the funny thing is, they're in different places in their lives, but they're not. Like Trina and Marshall have had so much in common with regards to their yeah. place in the family for so long. Um, but it's bad, right? Because Marshall, you know what's funny? Trina is kind of like in that in that like Carly mobster situation, kind of like Joss. Okay. A little bit because it's like he feels that Spencer is bad for her. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm making the connection now. <laughs> right? In the same way that Cam's like, what are you doing? It's just that it was Dex is kind of obvious. You're committing to a life. But it's basically, in essence, the same type of concerns that, like, Marshall has and the family has about her. Because when he tries to ask her questions, even though all of us can see that they have a connection, notice she stumbles and her, and her, her answers about Spencer come off flimsy. Yes, absolutely. Kind of like how Joss, the more people talk to her, the stuff she's got to say about her love for Dex just comes and just falls flat. <laughs> because I love him. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like when I see Spencer in those scenes with Victor, I'm just sort of like, I just don't want you to make a fool of her because yeah. even though like she's saying I'm, I'm getting older and like my view is expanding, meaning I have more room for like gray. Yes. I just don't know how Grey Trita is willing to go. I don't think it's very far at all. Me neither. But like, and that's the thing. We were questioning how far was Esme willing to go, you know? Um, Laura has a way with people. I love her interaction with all the younger characters. Um, like, she's really interacting with just about everyone. Trina, Joss, like everyone. And she decides that Esme just needs someone else to make the first move, trusts her. And then Esme is talks herself up a little bit like talks herself into actually leaving and cam was the last person i expected at her doorstep me too but i kind of liked the visual there was a visual <laughs> and we've talked about it because in what universe would this work or make sense or have an accidental sleep together situation uh the going away party <laughs> Oh, I did not know that's where you were going. I'm like, I don't really think when she's home with the baby, it was like that. <laughs> I don't see it. But um, yeah, he might actually convince her to stay for the party. Obviously, we know she'll stay because of that. But I, I'm really in denial and confused. I don't really know where Cameron's going. I don't know. I am in denial as well. I, I. I... I feel like he's not, but they're throwing him a party and he quit Kelly's and they gave him a check and I'm very, I'm in denial. Yeah. So I actually don't know what this means. Um, and I won't stop telling everyone that, that I don't <laughs> know what it, what it means. Um, but also there was something else about Cameron when he was at, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So before Cameron left Kelly's, this is the thing, right? Like Cam's not a mob guy. But in his life, Sonny's just sort of been there every now and again, standing across from him, mm -hmm. like just giving him kudos or life advice or cautioning. And I think it's strange. I'm like, why is he having these interactions with little old Cam? I just thought it was so significant. I think so, too. Um, and I love the way Cam carries himself when he speaks to him like it, it's mm -hmm. with the utmost like respect cam is very confident um i just think it shows that whole hard line between the normie life and the mob life i think some of the reasons 
as you're saying it, it came to me that there's a conversation between, you know, Sonny and Dante and the life choices that Sonny has made. And he felt pushed into a certain lifestyle and now he's kind of stuck. And I think that he has admiration for somebody like Cam or Cam himself because Cam also did not have an easy life. Very different. I'm not saying they're exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Cam grew up with a single mom. He went through so much growing up. He always worked. He always kind of had to struggle. He had to prove himself as a man. But he did it without that darkness, without that life, and holds this confidence and is moving on to this incredible thing. Oh my gosh. I have major goosebumps. Full leg, not even half leg. Whole thing this time. That makes so much sense. Not to mention, it's like he knew Xander. Right. He knew his dad. You him, are yeah. so right. It is so subtle, but has always been there. I never noticed that before. I think that is exactly it. You're so right. It's a little bit of a mirror to Sunny. Yeah, it's not the exact same struggles, but mm-hmm. my gosh, Cameron has struggled. Yes. Oh, wow. That, that is amazing. That is something. Wow. Yay. (laughs) Because even if you think about the fact that you have like, let's say someone like a Spencer. Yes. I agree with you. It's totally different. I could see how Sunny, oh my gosh. Yeah. I could totally see Sunny's pull or connection or seeing himself in Cam in this way. Because like Spencer didn't grow up in the same way didn't have no. necessarily the same struggles no. like and 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 Spencer's life is inherently like dark in a different way like he's already on this kind of path where it's sort of like predestined if you will like being yes. a Cassidine where like Cameron really struggled but his life wasn't predestined he like made a choice he made so many choices in the right yep. direction you know like he didn't fall into any of the mob life any drugs any like but he weird, did get shady in trouble though stuff. But he, he did, right? He, he got did. into trouble. He got arrested. He pointed a gun at someone. Like he's had he's That's had true. his issues, right? He's always been on the cusp. And remember the, the the dream of his dad. Yes. Right? He's been on the cusp of darkness. That's true. Wow. This gets better and better as you talk about it. I know. It's so good. I love it. Because it makes so much sense. There's so many times where Sonny just takes him. Like, I I flash back to, like, Taggart's fake funeral. And then he walks up, and I remember him talking to Cameron and fixing his tie. There's been more than one occasion where Sonny has sort of, like, talked to... Wow. Yeah, that's... I I feel like uh, we should... This might be blog-worthy. Yep. I feel like we should end (laughs) here. But then there's still Lucy and her shenanigans. Yes. (laughs) So, honestly... I, if I was Maxie, I would have lied and ignored everything Lucy told me. Oh, 100%. Like, when Anna was talking to her, I was like, you're not really taking this seriously, Maxie, are you? Because I would not have. No, I thought that's what that face was that Anna was me too. making. Not to Maxie. She's kind of listening. <laughs> um, she's, she's sweet. She's very sweet. Yeah, I love the drama, though. Like, how Lucy and Anna fight. But she's yes. like, you're the poster child for getting carried away. Or then when Lucy gets her way, she's like on the phone texting Maxie and like bumps right into Anna as Anna's trying to unlock the door. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side to that, I deeply enjoyed how um, 
Valentine and Anna got into it and he said to her, you screwed up and you can't own up to it. And that's like something we've all wanted to say for like a decade. <laughs> I know. And the thing <laughs> is, it's like, like, like Valentine kind of, he does, he, he's direct with her. Yes. He has tiptoed around that while being as direct as possible. But here he just came right out and said it. And the whole you screwed up and can't own up to it. I mean, we can honestly take that and apply it to multiple scenarios. Right? So that was something. And when you listen to him talk all business and then point out exactly how she's not following protocol. And then Anna just proves this point more like, well, I don't have facts, but I'm just, I don't want to give up. Bye. She goes to buy Lucy. <laughs> um, but then Valentine is on the footbridge. So first of all, like the safe house is like five minutes out of Port Charles, from what I'm understanding. Yeah, right? It's yes. like near the footbridge. And Valentine's there. And then Carly spots him. And someone had mentioned like chemistry with him and Carly. Yes. I mean, look, I don't know what it is, but there is something soups interesting. They've pushed them together and it was unlikely. Like she worked with Valentine and Anna. Um, ages ago, Jason related, I believe. Yes. And then aside from that, Valentine and her have had separate conversations where he tried to talk to her about Nina, but I, I'm so interested in this. And then um, Carly talks to him and I love how she's like, why would I help you? And then I'm like, well, he's giving you a really good reason. Like your uncle. Right? Yeah. Like your uncle. So like everybody is in on this and then Valentine re-solidifies his bromance with Drew. They got kind of cut short and like when they came back to Port Charles. Exactly. And I'm really, I really hope that this lasts or creates some sort of like truce moving forward that they can be buddies because it's so unusual and funny. But I feel like it has to lead there. But because like, you know, if you're doing this mission now and I just find it so funny that because at first I'm like, okay, so Valentine calls out Anna for being sloppy, but then he gets mm -hmm. made. But in true Valentine fashion, he gets made by people he's previously conspired with. Like he's conspired with Carly. He's worked with Drew before. Exactly. There's trust. There's an understanding. It's yeah. totally different. So Valentine can literally do no wrong. And even his screw ups are like just spectacular accomplishments to it's me so hot. <laughs> yeah and then I love how Drew comes in because Drew is just like like a cartoon of niceness and he comes in trying to sound oppositional and he yells this he's like I want to hear you out your whole plan <laughs> A to Z my man just lay it on me <laughs> and I'm like okay true and then like then he's having a moment um he has a moment with Carly after the fact. Because obviously she's being responsible. Like in the past she would have yeah. jumped in. But she's like, no, I get it. I have a life. I know I do. Bye. <laughs> and so he, but then I found it funny when Drew was like, no, no, no. Like, I get it. Because she's like, you know, the last time anybody did like a Cassidine thing. Like Jason died. They like, don't want you to die. And then Drew says this. And I made me laugh so much. Because he was like, oh my gosh. Yes, I get it. I too would be worried if the roles were reversed. Like. If I was in love with your sister and then and then she died and I started dating you <laughs> and then you went off on a mission, I mean, I'd be worried too. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, my mind went there. And, uh, and something else, I don't know if this connects or relates, but you know that like Nina is toying with this idea of like going after Carly and Drew. But like, yes. what if she decides to do that while Drew is trying to help Valentine? 
and that ruins stuff with like Victor and then Valentine is like what are you doing Nina this had bad repercussions oh my god I could see it happening but that can't happen Victor has to be stopped exactly so that's why I don't see like the overlap but like so Victor gets confronted with Bobby and I just love how like things I think it happens in the show so when I was watching and she actually confronted Victor about like Luke and mm-hmm. then you just see Spencer, like, watching, like, in the background, like, for a while. And the whole time I kept thinking, I'm like, this has got to be strange. You know, like, you have Spencer. He's not stupid. He knows who Victor is. But some of the stuff he's being accused of is in direct conflict with people that you love. Like, think of, like, yes. Laura, for instance. But also the fact that we all know that, like, Spencer is his namesake. Like, he's named after Luke. And the fact that Bobby pointed it out to him. Yes, I was so happy that you brought that up because... Spencer is so, um, like, he's got blinders on, and it just seems to be, like, every time somebody tells him how evil Victor is, it's not sinking in. So I'm hoping. No, but that's what worries me about him. Like, he's not blinded. He actually knows, and he's like, yeah, guys, I know, but he's my uncle, and he can, like, (laughs) help me with the stuff I need. Like, that's, that's what kind of concerns me, is that, like, I think he knows exactly who his uncle's what his uncle's capable of and even called him out in like Laura's hallway by being like you'll because he's like I can have whatever I want who I want I was like okay calm down yeah you can have all that apparently you can't take anyone home after but you can have the rest (laughs) apparently and then like Spencer's like even me like you would actually even like go through me so I feel like even Spencer is testing knowing that his uncle is powerful but knowing that he also has a power over his uncle. Okay. That's, okay. I, I think that, I think that, like, I think, I think Spencer knows that his uncle needs him on some level. I think he's aware that his uncle treats him differently than let's say his father. Yes. And I think he knows that his uncle would never go after him in the same way that like he like openly went after Valentine. Okay. I can see that too. There's a little something like that. Uh, they're kind of like a Helena Nicholas actually. Like, Helena never really hurt Nicholas. He could, like, tell her off. Yeah. And she never did anything. Like, apparently, she painted a whole painting of how Nicholas poisoned and killed her and still let him do it. (laughs) (laughs) So. I'll never understand that, but yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, Okay, my, okay, we have to get here. Okay, so. (laughs) So, okay, okay. I'm gonna so so Curtis. <laughs> okay, so you Curtis, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will let you continue, and then okay. I'll, I'll I'll reiterate what I think your guess was. Okay, <sighs> okay, so. Curtis, I have to admit, I gave him some props, okay? I felt that he handled Trina well. He did not pressure her. Yes, I agree. I was surprised. Okay. Um, but then he like did his douchery, right? Like he literally tells his <laughs> wife, I can't talk to you about my dad because yeah. marriage is hard. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, like, I just feel like watching him interact with Portia. This is what I initially started thinking until we got, I got further information. Okay. So like, look, Portia did a lie. She did some bad stuff, but again, yes. you're married. And I feel like on some level, like, Curtis is not marriage material. Like, when something goes bad, he just cannot take it. And just the way he was treating her, like, really being, like, because I, I remember, like, really early on, um, Jordan had the same reaction. Like, they they let him tantrum. They let him be mad. But even mm-hmm. Jordan was like, 
look, uh, I, I can't live in limbo. Like that's torture. Like, do you want to work yeah. it out or not? And I can understand that Porsche's like, I can wait around if I know that it's like leading somewhere. And then he actually like, didn't have much to tell her. He was just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. It may not work. It, it almost felt like mid-conversation, like everything you're saying just, it's almost like a kid tantruming. Mid-conversation, he just strolls off. I was like, what, yeah. what's happening right now? Like, are you an adult? Like, yes, it is terrible. But she only lied, like, it was like one lie, but it just, it extended over time. It was so, one long <laughs> lie. But that's what hit me, was when he mm-hmm. was talking to Jordan. Like, mm-hmm. the reason he may be really resistant to Portia is that Curtis is self-righteous. He doesn't yes. like people lying to him. He doesn't <laughs> like being in the wrong. And when he's not in the wrong, he takes full advantage, right? So yes. when Jordan wronged him, if you will, he took full advantage and used that as, like, an out and left and did his own thing. Yes. Now, if he works things out with Portia he will be in the wrong for not have given Jordan a chance because mm-hmm. him leaving Jordan was very rash. Yes. He was mad and he never even gave it a conversation. He nope. did not try. So that hit me. I was like, whoa, that's what's going on. He can't work things out with Portia because he's going to feel too guilty and he does not like being in the wrong. Like, that's traumatizing to him. It's not fair. And then he says as much to Jordan. Aren't you, like, upset? She lied to you for 20 years. You just did one thing for maybe under a year? Yeah. And then I couldn't even believe he asked this question. He's like, Mm. is there a good chance you and I still would have been together? If Mm. you talked? Yeah. If you talked (laughs) after, there's a good chance you could have talked it out to like grown people who are married like this guy needs to stop getting married if every time somebody lies to you or something really big happens he runs in the other direction and I mean look it was obvious something was gonna happen Jordan never wears cute dresses no and if you're gonna wear a cute dress and not work for like a hot minute you're gonna have a hot minute (laughs) that's good and what was even funnier to me, because this is what didn't make sense, because now we get it, right? It was all a setup so that Jordan would be there. Mind you, I just want to point this out. Jordan could have arrived at Charlie's without having to have a conversation with Nina. Um, Weird. And I, say, and I say this because um, they've never had one. <laughs> because like, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan was married to Curtis. Yes, Nina is Curtis's good friend. But Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of, like, Nina Jordan bonding time the way that, let's say, you had, like, we had Jordan-Portia bonding time. No, but it was a really fun filler scene. Um, So that's the thing. Like, given what's happening with Nina, now you have Jordan, who, by the way, is (laughs) TJ's mother. And so should have a sense, right? Also, just knowing things should have a sense. And now she's sitting there asking Nina, who as a character is really self-centered. Yes. How is Curtis doing? Who Curtis, too, is also super (laughs) self-centered. So I'm like, this was just bizarre. And then you have Nina trying to give advice, being like, wait a second. Do you love him? Do you love him still? And then we got Jordan all loosened up. So now her love feelings are like jiggled open. And then Curtis walks in. 
so good. Okay, it was so good, but there's so many funny parts, like Nina rambling about Sunny. Um, Jordan- oh, yes! How can we forget that part? How can we forget that part? That the but is it a little bit reminiscent of Joss? I hate saying that, but it's true. In what way? Okay, yes, Joss. Okay, is a mob expert and it's not necessarily the same degree nina is a little bit more sloppy but the moment michael walked in i know she feels safe with michael but if you're gonna date somebody in the mob like you gotta just shut it and you should have let dex handled (laughs) it and then the moment jordan walks in she's like is it sunny and then i just kept thinking i'm like do you honestly think that if something happened to sunny Jordan would have ran home, changed into her prettiest dress, and then hunted down all the bars until she found you. Like, you would be the one she would go tell some news to. Well, that's exactly what's so funny. It's like, Nina's so self-centered, but you comparing Joss to Nina, you know, just falls in line with the conversation we're having that they're both not made for the lifestyle. Exactly! Exactly. Oh my gosh. And I love too because Nina's very like one dimensional. She's exactly who she is, and that's what makes it funny. But seeing her in all these different scenarios just enhances that humor. Like when Jordan's talking about like different kinds of love and different levels of love, and it just literally goes over Nina's head. And that's exactly <laughs> what I heard is what you said. Okay, so like you love him, but you're like, no, no, she just explained to you like all the different stages and kinds of love, and that you can be with somebody for a long time and still love them, but not be in love with them and want the best for them. Like, that's normal. <laughs> no, that is so true because, like, I'm sure Jordan would have like kissed him and whatnot, but I feel like ultimately Jordan knows the deal, right? That he's married yes. to Portia, but also that made me feel like, whoa, Jordan, like, she, you know, she really. She's got a little bit of a wild streak, a little bit of a bad girl, because it's like she almost kissed Curtis and she was annoyed that her cop person came. Okay, but like honestly, though, in all seriousness, and it also made me think of you, I just think she's a little air quotes lonely. Yeah, because I don't see. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because I don't see why. Like, honestly, I'm not getting it. So I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, Portia, when's your brother coming? Because, yeah. Because she was dressed up to go out and do something. Like, she obviously wasn't looking necessarily for Curtis. She was just asking about him. So I think, like, she was maybe going to, like, that singles ladies night at the Savoy. And she just made, like, free drinks. Right! That's so true. Yeah, because there was a huge mention of that by Cody. Um, I love him. (laughs) Um, I love how, I I love the way he said yes to Maxie by saying yes strongly and gave examples. Oh my God. And her conversation with him, like, I think it's some of my favorite, like you get to wear a shirt for like a minute and then you keep, get to keep your boots on and then you get to dance like her cell on this. And their conversation was just so cute. I'm so excited to have that. Also, I'm like, Cody, just be honest with Sasha and just say like your mother-in-law gambles. Yeah. It's just that easy. I think um, it has to be said because if he's building that trust and wanting to be this better person that Dante is telling him to be, he yeah. has to start somewhere and he might just kind of test out what being a normie is and not lying with Sasha. Yeah. And if he learns how, he should probably go find Alexis and tell oh my her word. how. Like, I could not have been more thankful for Diane. Yes. Because Diane saw Alexis and immediately was like have you forgot any basics of just logic 
forget <laughs> being a lawyer. But she's like, why are, why is that your only explanation? And she was like calling her out using lawyer speak all the while probably being like, okay, good thing you're not a lawyer. I just could not believe how aggressive and forceful she is. Like I would never want a friend like that. And then the fact that she's telling this guy, you can trust me. What you say won't leave this room. Ugh. I'm like, you've already told Sam and Diane that he's a drunk. Yep. It's really and, bad. And then he tells you he's sick, and now you're going to tell him how he should deal with it. Right. Leave the man alone. Yeah, I find it really, really hard to watch. Her character has grown to an extent, and then this is just absolute ridiculousness. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, oh my gosh, I think we have done it, covered all the things. I am going to throw um, one of my first stars because like we love her. She's amazing. She carries herself with so well. She's so fashionable. Miss Ruth. She has a tiny yes. scene this week, but I just love how she keeps even tone, eye contact, what she was wearing. Her and attitude. She's like, right? <laughs> like, like literally she was just saying the opposite of what she meant. She's like. I would never do that. <laughs> I'm on your side. It was amazing. Like he has no power. And Dex is no. like, I don't, I don't think we trust her, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny when Sunny kind of walked closer to Miss Wu and then Miss Wu's bodyguard is like 10 feet taller than Dex and three feet wider. And they yeah. kind of get close together. You're like, oh man. Johnny's like, oh, <laughs> he's like, oh, they're having a face off. And I'm like, you want to call it that sure <laughs> <laughs> so star there i'm gonna give a star to cam i'm gonna give a star to, a sexy star to brooklyn's first part of her flashback <laughs> yeah yeah she reminisces sometimes <laughs> um a star to willow okay you give more stars usually you give the stars See, it's hard when you start with them. Then you just stress out. <laughs> Joss, uh, Michael, um, Esme, um, Esme, Laura, Tr uh, Trina, Marshall scenes, uh, Nina being silly with Jordan, Jordan, Curtis. Um, uh, I okay, well, I'm, I'm going to fill the blank space there. I'm not just going to say <laughs> Okay, so one of my favorite lines is I think Willow asked Michael to leave the room and to like just kind of basically walk away. And he's like, oh, she asked him to not eavesdrop. And he's like, uh, I'm a quarter main. Eavesdropping is part of my blood. <laughs> That's good. It was very cute. And then I, um, I think that's it for me. What about you? Valentine gets a star. That's oh, yes. it. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> Valentin gets a star. He threw a table. I was like, oh, my word. Yes. Yeah, cause he, was, he was mad. He, he was like, oh no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I'm glad you and tuned in. <laughs> so I can break folks. it down for you. <laughs> that's a wrap. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Bye.